It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. If Aaron Rodgers inevitably comes to the Minnesota Vikings, would fans embrace him like they did Brett Favre? I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. I would have a lot of tweets to delete. Hi, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. None of my co-hosts have complimented my glasses. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Only seven, seven and a half more weeks of mock drafts, guys. Hang in there, guys. We're almost there. We can do this. Luke is the one. He always knows the number of days until the draft. It's kind of uncanny. He's got a paper chain. We're talking Vikings football, free agency, controversies, plenty more on the Minnesota football party. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome, welcome. It's the Minnesota football party. The full crew is here today. I'm Sam Ekstrom, joined by the Lukes and Arif Hassan, talking Minnesota Vikings football, maybe touching on Aaron Rodgers today as well, as the rumors get even heavier that he is headed to the Jets. I ask this question, is Kirk Cousins the second best Vikings quarterback of all time? Is is he officially in that category and what if Aaron Rodgers suited up for the Vikings down the road? Would fans embrace him? We'll also continue our free agency preview today with the Vikings talking about the safety position. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel.com. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Um. We are in breaking news like Schefter bomb territory. And if something happens, it might be Rodgers. It might be Lamar. It might be a Vikings cut. might be a Vikings contract. Um, we are in the breaking news portion. Now, where did it go? I had it. I played it for you guys. My breaking news sound effect has disappeared. <laughs> you know what? I bet it You're was in. so proud. Ah, it was in the Ron Johnson uh, list. There it is. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, you get to switch to the Ron Johnson overlay to play it? I put it in Ron Johnson. So if if there is some breaking news, we will switch to Ron Johnson just so we can play <laughs> the breaking news sound effect and notify you what is happening in the NFL. Um, but until that happens, we're just going to proceed as normal. I love that breaking news sound effect. I hope that there's some very minor breaking news that we can play it for as well. Um, let's start off with something controversial. Let's get the people going right away. Kirk Cousins is five years into his Vikings tenure. Probably going to make it six unless there is a stunning trade that happens in the next month or so or week, whatever it might be. 
is Kirk Cousins the number two Vikings quarterback of all time? Because Fran Tarkenton is number one with a bullet. He's got all the records. He's got the Super Bowl appearances. He's got the, the longevity, the popularity. It's Fran. Fran's the man. Is Kirk number two? Because if you look statistically, he will be number two in touchdown passes and yards if he plays out this season for the Vikings. Does that, in your minds, put him at a clear number two in Vikings history? Uh, I mean, volumetrics have never meant anything to me. Obviously, um, there's a way that we could do rate metrics that require us to do... uh, Era adjustments, I can look that up pretty easily while we're having this discussion. But I do want to say that the list, you're wrong about the whole thing. The list is Joe Cap, Teddy Bridgewater, Dante Culpepper, Brett Favre. Obviously, there's no no question. Joe Webb. I would would rather honestly have a a conversation based on vibes than stats because the stats tell a (laughs) Oh, yeah, Joe Cap wins vibes easily. Yeah, if we're doing vibes, Joe Cap is a Hall of Famer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 23 12 and 3 three ties he's a stud yeah. Mighty got in a hey, fight at the age of 72 at an award ceremony for an award yeah. he was receiving with the other guy that was receiving that award weren't they swinging what? their canes at each other yeah it, it was yes from a and that's like, like 30 years ago so like, good 1950s it's, it's cfl beef yeah joe cap like before he was alive. even a viking yeah so joe cap clearly by vibes number one not even close. Also, so Joe I'm Cap, not, I'm not a great gave historian. up his career, and at the time, the biggest contract in the league. The he was the highest played player in the league, and he gave all of that up out of principle. That ended up in a lawsuit that basically was the impetus for the 1970s strike. You can thank Joe Cap in a in a sense for uh, free agency looking the way it does now, and not still wow. being like all restricted. Wow, that's, that's a cool. great way to take it away from Reggie White. I approve. <laughs> I'll be honest. He walked so Reggie White could run. Front. This is this is twenty years before that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. In- Inman, uh, what what do you think about Joe Cap? Because honestly, Joe Cap means nothing to me as a, as a coverer of the Vikings. Joe Cap wasn't on my vibes radar. There are others that I would put in Skill front issue. of Kirk Cousins. Joe Cap doesn't mean anything to me. You? I had to pull the uh, all-time Vikings quarterback list up. Joe Cap. They got him 13 on here. 67 to 69, 23, 12 and 3. Sam, I'm not going to lie, the stats are pretty good, but I would have to lean on Luke and Arif obviously know a little bit more about Cap and the background and the history. Sounds like this dude doesn't get enough love from the uh, Vikings fan base. I, I will so, be honest, he was not the world's best quarterback. <laughs> like if, no. if that's if, that, if that's he how handled the half era adjustments, era adjustments, it was uh, yeah, 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 big time about Case that. Keenum vibe. Yeah, exactly. Big time Case yeah. Keenum, like how how does he keep getting away with this kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Who is more popular than Kirk Cousins? Who and and, and this is a crazy exercise that the number two statistical Vikings quarterback in history. There's probably a long list, honestly, because the Vikings have had so many shooting stars that were one and dones, but they were awesome one and dones. So someone like Jeff George might actually have more admiration in the Vikings lifers than Kirk Cousins. Do you disagree? Jeff it's George weird. is a he tough played one. Played for six years. 
So like if nobody else is except for Fran Tarkenton has been the Vikings quarterback for six years, right? Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to have, you know, be second all time in this and that. Uh, but yeah, if you have one year wonders like Jeff George, two year guys like Favre or Bridgewater, three year guys like Cat, yeah, it's Cole Pepper, not five, have the six same years. Uh, Gus yeah, for have 10 and five. Wow. Okay, Gus. I see. You. And Gus, we trust. <laughs> Let's go. Buzz. They sold t shirts at Dick's. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I got these stats pulled up. Kirk and Culpepper played the same amount of games, 80 games right now as it stands today. Kind of a fun little comparison when you look back. Mm. Stats, honestly, I'm surprised because when we think back to Dante, we think back to those five, six fun, magical years with Moss and Carter. You think about the deep ball, the high scoring offense, et cetera. And when people think Kirk, you know, sometimes you think about the more conservative check down guy of the two anyways. But in the same amount of games played, Kirk's got 18 more TDs, 800 more yards, 36 less interceptions pretty wild and the other thing too Dante was taking some sacks man holy smokes almost 50 more sacks taken in the same amount of games that's pretty wild so what yeah. are the fumble stats because Dante had the small hands right and Kirk is also a fumble like what do you have fumble yeah, comparison I don't I don't see fumbles on here maybe a reefer Luke could pull it up I see Kirk's got Culpepper and adjusted yards better quarterback rating Four more fourth quarter comebacks. So you stack all those up. Yeah, it's kind of tough. But again, right. you, you think the perception of Dante, I just thought that would have been a little bit closer. 36 more interceptions. Do we, by Dante. Do we want the side? I was able to 81 pull the... fumbles for Dante. Wow. 81 fumbles? He led With the, the league interceptions. In... How many turnovers? What? Oh, my God. Holy smokes. 83 fumbles that in 2002. Insane. Yeah, uh, okay. So I was able to pull up, and NEA does not include fumbles. So that is important. But I was able to pull up uh, the adjusted net yards per attempt index for every Vikings player that's thrown over 100 passes by season. I adjusted it for the number of attempts they had in each season, and I was able to produce a career number for the seasons where they threw at least 100 attempts. Uh, This includes everybody. So it includes the one-year wonders. It includes the five-year guys. uh, And it's their total career. So, for example, Favre's 2010 is included as well as his 2009 any guesses as to the top three and era adjusted adjusted net yards per attempt? Again, that does not include fumbles. That includes sacks, includes interceptions, includes touchdowns. Sam Bradford. All these are all Vikings, all Vikings QBs all time. Yeah, and only in seasons where they threw at least hundred passes for the Vikings. Cunningham. Uh, that is number one. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. No guesses Can as to two or three. Prompt again? Well, well, I'm trying uh, to think. Bradford, the box here. You didn't react when I said Bradford. I, I was so distracted. Now I'm just through Sam's going to have to get. It's the... absolutely not Bradford. I'm combing through the list here. Brad uh, Sam's going to have to get the uh, the sound effect ready. I got distracted by something. What was the prompt? Prompt again? Oh, oh my god! Check oh, the chat, okay. Sam. Good lord! Um, uh, <laughs> check the chat. No, 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 no. no. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so Sam, get the get the noise ready. Okay. Um, no, the prompt is: I looked through all of the era adjusted adjusted net yards per attempt for every single Vikings player who's thrown at least 100 passes in a single season for the Vikings. Combined it into a career total, weighted it for the attempts that they had for each. So essentially, with some caveats, a career era adjusted 
adjusted net yards per attempt, who were the top three? Sam was able to get the number one, which was Randall Cunningham. I'm going to guess number two. Warren Moon. Favre? Nope, not Warren Moon. Uh, Favre is not in the top five. Remember, this is career, so this includes 2009 and 2010. Mm, right. Um, Got it. Okay. Gus. Brad Gus Johnson? Uh, definitely not Brad Johnson. Okay. Uh, not, Gu- not Gus. Come on. Gus is 23 of 24. <laughs> Did we say Joe Cap? Um, no one said Joe Cap, but he is kind of higher on the list than you'd expect. <laughs> uh, is Kirk in the top three? Uh, Kirk is not in the top three. Man. He's fifth behind Tark. some uh, very, in, very interesting number. Tark is three. Okay. And it's Kirk minimum 100, minimum what? 100 attempts? Minimum 100 attempts in a season. Is there like a small sample size guy that sneaks Joe Webb? Yeah, it's a small sample size guy number two. Uh, Oh, okay. Small sample size guy. Case Keenum? George? Uh, Case Keenum is fourth just ahead of Kirk, which is delicious. Jeff George? George. That is hilarious. Yes. Yes. Wow, Jeff George. George, Really? George. It's Cunningham. So 98-99, baby. (laughs) Let's go. It's Cunningham, George, Tarkenton, Culpepper, Keenum, Cousins. Say that list one more time. Say that Cunningham, Ranky, again. Cunningham number one. Yep. Jeff George number two. Okay. Fran Targenton number three. Mm-hmm. Dante Culpepper number four. Case Keenum number five. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins number six. Wow. And just ahead of Brett Favre at number eight is Sean Salisbury at seven. Because why wouldn't he be? 92 <laughs> to 94. Five and yeah. four record. Gotta love him. Okay. Uh, in, in total adjusted net yards, adjusted for era. It's not Kirk Cousins. It's not Fran Tarkenton. It's not Dante Culpepper. Cousins is second. Tarkenton is third. Culpepper is fourth. Who's number one in total adjusted net yards? Adjusted for error. Two-minute Tommy. Tommy, of course. Tommy 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 does. Two-minute Tommy, of course. Of course. Of course. All right. Because this isn't going to ding him for missing a bunch of games in a season. He just gets his four good games and goes. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Anyway, my personal list (laughs) is 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 Tarkenton, Culpepper, Favre, Cousins. The highs count for more than the lows count against. Okay. Culpepper had like, I guess he had three good years, three out of five. Three uh, great years. The, the reason really Culpepper and Favre are high on the list is that, to me, it is more valuable to be at the top and you take something at the bottom mm-hmm. uh, than it is to be above average for two years. So I'd rather be mm-hmm. um, a top three quarterback for one yeah. year and a bottom three quarterback the next year totally. than it would be to be a number eight quarterback for two years. Even totally though that number eight quarterback yeah, it, it, it goes to Sam's analogy about the shooting stars. You're right, Sam. You look at this list. A lot of shooting stars. Hot and then cold. But the years that they were hot, Really great years, really fun years. Yeah, so. like Cunningham was benched after right. six games in right. '99, and then Jeff George comes in. What do you know? Jeff George is unbelievable. Um, I want to get back into sort of legacy quarterbacks and whether Aaron Rodgers, if he continues mirroring his predecessor Brett Favre, whether or not uh, Vikings fans would embrace him. But we've got some major breaking news to get to. Um, we'll keep you in suspense about that. By the time people are listening, they probably already know. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you that what uh, could it fan, be? <laughs> FanDuel 
brings you today's show the nhl nba seasons are coming down to the wire march madness is here it's a perfect time to download these FanDuel app very easy to use if you're a new customer the no sweat first bet is a excellent risk-free way to make your first wager up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win so then your next bet allows you another chance uh, you can also stack your bets up in a same-game parlay, a chance at big payouts, get paid instantly after you win. You can bet in so many different creative ways on every sport imaginable. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So we're going to switch to Ron Johnson. Please ignore the little <laughs> logo. And... Whammy. Luke Braun, you uh, called it out first. What is the breaking news? Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted something that, if you've been listening to uh, Darren Wilson on Score North, you kind of already knew. He says there's a real possibility that the Vikings and Adam Thielen will part ways in the coming days, allowing the two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver to become a free agent. The two sides will talk in coming days, but his time in Minnesota could be coming to an end. Um, the whispers about this have been floating for a while, but that's the first real, like the most official word yet, I guess. Luke, just real quick. I know you're just a savant with this cap stuff. If they cut them, is it just as simple as I'm looking, uh, you know, on, on spot rack that they take the dead money and then they save about what? Six, seven ish mil, something like that. that or does it matter when it option. happens? Like the date? Oh, Th- there's Luke, a couple you're gonna of pull out the beans, pull out the beans. Yeah, I could pull out the beans. Give me the pinto beans. I I have cooked most of the beans at this point, but I have an obscene amount of beans for that. Uh, So I I didn't actually watch, so I have no idea what happened here. I I saw it on mute, unfortunately, um, (laughs) when I was scrolling by. So (laughs) I I I got the Uh, visual. So they could post Junim. That's the that's the answer. Is that they if they wanted to, that would not save more money in the long term or anything like that. It would just split up the dead cap hit between this year and next year and sort of spread the pain out a little bit. Okay. And then they would Um, save like 13.5 mil this year, but that that would be like 7 mil in dead next year. Got it. Is that something that Thielen would push back on? To do that. Wouldn't affect Thielen at all. Okay. Yeah. It did this with Kyle Rudolph. Got it. Okay. Thank you. It's like like when you convert guaranteed base salary into signing bonus, it's kind of the same thing, except you keep the player. Yeah. The player has the same amount of take home pay. It does not affect their paycheck. It will, I guess, change whether or not they receive it in terms of a per game salary versus all at once, depending on how they organize their signing bonus. Um, But it does not change anything for the player. It changes things for the cap accounting wise. Same thing here. The yeah. player will receive the same amount of money. We'll hit free agency the same way. We'll do it yeah. at the same time, which is important. But from an accounting perspective, it is as if the Vikings had cut this player after June 1st. Got it. Very good. And, so and they could either bite the bonus, bullet. Yeah, they could either bite that, the bullet, that, pay that whole dead, save about six this year, or yeah. chop it up, save about 12 this year, but just kick the can with that other six down the road to next year. Right. And, and that you already might have represents... 12 and a half dead with Cousins void year. Like the mm. Cousins void, if they let his contract expire, that's already a big chunk next year. If if they post right. June 1st, Thielen, which I think teams only have one post June 1st designation. Otherwise, in order to accomplish that, they would have to. They have two. OK. It's, it, otherwise, in order to accomplish that, they would have to do it literally after June 1st. Um, but if they post yeah. June 1st, Thielen, it would, to me, softly suggest that they are 
working on a Kirk Cousins extension to prevent that. And I don't think it's a strong signal, but it is some kind of signal that they're working to yeah. prevent that void year from accelerating into um, 2020. I, I want to yeah. be abundantly clear that this, this dead money is money that the Vikings have already paid to Adam Thielen, but they have not accounted for against the salary cap. So it's like money they owe to the salary cap, but Thielen has already collected for the most part that money, unless he's doing yeah. a weird payout structure or something, which doesn't which happens. Like Interesting. Yeah. So let now, I think if, if fans are devastated, if we broke the news to you, we're sorry. If you're in tears, we're sorry. Um, I've never apologized for making there. Yeah, well, you're a sociopath. Yes, there might be an out <laughs> here if you're looking for a silver lining. Um, <laughs> that Schefter does say they're going to talk, and maybe this is Thielen's camp playing ultimate hardball and saying, "Hey, Schefter, we're done." Um, trying to get some traction in these talks, maybe trying to force the Vikings' hand a bit. Um, the thing is, I don't think the Vikings are that desperate and are going to cave. I, I don't I don't know if indeed they're in a log jam. I don't know if the Vikings are going to blink. Uh, if it was Rick Spielman, he'd blink. Rick Spielman couldn't stand losing guys. Um, but this is a new era, and I don't think that they're going to resolve their issues if it's at this dire of a situation now. Um, so let we're already having the quarterback legacy talk today. I think let's hold off on the Adam Thielen legacy talk until it's official. Because that's another fascinating one with this core wide receiver rich franchise. Mm -hmm. um, this would be a big legacy loss for the Minnesota Vikings. But let's withhold that, I think, until we know more details. Uh, one question Hold on up. this, though. Any guesses if, he, if he's not returning to Minnesota, which team he's going to be playing for next year? Anybody want to throw out a guess? See Flo Florida. Got to be no, a, 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 a Florida team. Or a or California. Jets. He's a He's going to. I, I thought about the Jets. Well, that would be so funny. I thought about the Jets, but like, and while I do sometimes have just the Jets drafting the receiver. Yeah, okay. Uh, while I do yeah. sometimes have the Jets. Made some cap for Adam Thielen, baby. I, I, don't, I don't really see a great fit just because, you know, with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, they've got a pretty good receiving core. Yeah, they could add another receiver and that would help out, but. There's there's other teams that are going to be more desperate to add a, a wide receiver too. I think than the right. The Florida teams. I mean, Tampa. Does he really want to go to Tampa right now? Jacksonville. They're kind of set. They got three or four number uh, two he type could, of he options. He could immediately slot in as a wide receiver too. There, I think that is possible. Okay. Uh, Miami, maybe. I don't know. Probably in Jacksonville, Reef. What about Calvin Ridley? Yeah. What about him? I don't know. Did uh, Christian Kirk become the slot receiver? Calvin mm -hmm. Ridley and Adam Thielen are on the outside, uh, and Zay Jones. Stews or something. I don't know. Jamal Agnew, Marvin Jones. No it's love here. here. What's going on? Uh, Evan Ingram. He's a free agent, though. Uh, Evan Ingram is a tight end. No, I, well, he's franchise. No, is he? <laughs> so may maybe we anticipated this, but it seems like the contract is untradeable. Like they're not going to get a thing for Adam Thielen, which uh, like whoever absorbs, whoever would absorb that. What capologists help me out. My they taking on the same situation. They would take on $13 yes. million, right, Luke? Okay. That's not bad. Not horrible. I mean, he's going to want 8 9 10 anyways, right? Close yes. to. If that's all uh, he wanted, I'm surprised the Vikings wouldn't. The team trading for him would have him at a rate of like $5.5 million. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at last year. Um, yes. Yeah. Like 13 mil. Yeah. It's 13 million. Okay. Yeah. 
Hmm. Um, that's I mean that's not bad, but uh, an asset plus the thirteen million dollar cap hit. I I see why it's untradeable. It in a vacuum, thirteen million is fine, but Thielen has not demonstrated over the past year and a half uh, of play that that he is worth thirteen million, and you can stomach an overpay to get a guy on your team, right? Um, but an overpay plus a a, a, a draft pick like a Just, fifth yeah, round draft hard to pick, negotiate that that. Tough. right yeah i wonder how the emergence of hawkinson changed the thinking around Thielen, because if they don't have hawkinson all if all they have is herb smith and his expiring i think there's a little more desperation i think the vikings have a little less leverage in this discussion because then it would just be assuming that KJ Osborne can be a number two, assuming that you'll figure out the tight end, however you do it. Um, you wouldn't have any answers there. TJ Hawkinson might have been the end of Adam Thielen, honestly, because now you need to figure out his contract, need to account for that, and that's just a better business move. I mean, you, you, you want the younger player who's unique at his position. Adam Thielen is becoming increasingly less unique at the wide receiver position. I, I think it, I think it hurts, but I think it's good business for the Vikings. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, having multiple receiver options made it very easy. I shouldn't say very easy, um, made it much easier, relatively speaking to kind of play hardball with Thielen and force him to either address the fact that he's going to get a pay cut or get cut period. Um, which I'm kind of curious about the offsets in his guaranteed money, whether or not he's going to be able to make money off the Vikings and whatever team signs him. But yeah, that's kind of academic. BC Johnson comeback season, baby. Buckle hey, up. let's Is go. Hey. Did they void it? Like I thought, he, I thought this was his. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I've yeah, heard I that too, Lou. Toll year. Yeah, toll, toll. Yeah, did they toll it? Hmm. Huh. One more question. Ripple effect. Adam Thielen's gone. Does that mean KJ Osborne talks extension? I think this is a great time was, to extend him. Would be and and a, probably a dumb time for KJ to extend if he knows yeah, he's going to be the number get two. To know how the draft goes, I think that's that's how it is. I, I think if they like yeah. strike out on wide receivers, you know, they take a corner mm-hmm. and then they take a quarterback and a running back, and then they like don't get a, a wide receiver that they can like rely on as wide receiver two. Then I think you can. Then you go into camp and you are talking to Jefferson and you're talking to Osborne too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get to do the draft first. And if you do draft someone, if you know Jordan Addison 23, you slam it, and then I don't think you do it. At least under the Spielman era, they always did that in the summer, right? I mean, more times than not, they would restructure or extend guys yeah. in the summer, like free agency in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sam, I guess you're right. Like, maybe not a wise thing for KJ to do at this point, knowing he's getting an expanded role coming up as that wide receiver, too, in the system. Rookie, uh, I wonder yeah, what a contract money. extension might look like for a guy like that. With knowing what we know now with his previous two years of stats, um, I think seven. they could, they would probably offer in the eight to 10 range. Oh, I I said seven. Okay, oh, yeah. seven? eight to ten seems spicy. Yeah. Well, six, he just seven? saved a man from a burning car. I mean, if you negotiated today, yeah, he could he could lean on that on his resume. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, um, it, it, stuff's moving, guys. It's happening. I don't think it's done happening yet either. Uh, you've saved nine. Now you've saved six potentially with Thielen. You still got a ways to go, um, to even be cap compliant. Um. So that that will continue. We'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully we get to play, 
I got to do it one more time. Our breaking news sounder. Coming up, we discuss whether Vikings fans would embrace Aaron Rodgers if he found his way, a la Favre, to Minnesota. Um, we thank you for listening to the Minnesota Football Party as your first listen today. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. Rodgers is Favre. He might be going to New York, which means he might be coming to Minnesota. And it works out perfectly. Kirk Cousins expiring contract. Maybe things don't go great for Aaron Rodgers in New York. I don't know how it works out contractually there. But let's say he comes to Minnesota, guys. I think Vikings fans almost universally wrapped their arms around Favre and said, hey, buddy, Green Bay didn't want you. We'll take you. We'll, we will make this as painful for Green Bay as possible. Uh, would it happen the same way if Aaron Rodgers came to Minnesota? A little four-minute drill action. Let's start with Luke Inman. What do you think about A-Rodge coming to Minnesota in two years? Gosh, I, I flash back to that Favre era, and I remember a lot of the allure around Favre was, remember, was like a well-known fact, Vikings built the Super Bowl roster. The window was kind of closing. They were just one piece away, obviously. That was that quarterback. In between all the dramatics all summer, will they or won't they, you get the helicopter footage of Longwell and Hutch going down to Mississippi to recruit them. It was like the top story. Of the summer. Every time you clicked on ESPN, you got 24-7 coverage going on. It was like watching the OJ Bronco chase or something. You couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> and then lastly, too, you knew Favre could still play, though, at that point. Like, you saw him just light it up with the Jets for 10 weeks or so in New York before he got injured. Stats were good, had the 8-3 and three record. So it kind of really sucked everyone in. So I think, you know, not all of it, but some of it certainly depends on if the Vikings roster at the time is truly just one piece away like it was with Favre. And then also, how much time passes in between Rodgers playing in Green Bay to Minnesota? Where's his level of play at? As far as the fan reaction goes, I really think at the end of the day, honestly, if they jump up drastically in their Super Bowl odds at that point, then it might not matter who's under center as long as fans feel like this guy now is going to give them a better chance to win it all than whoever was before him. But obviously, there's going to be some fans who just absolutely hate it for a variety of reasons. Because it is tough to root for someone for so long, so passionately, and then all of a sudden ask them to flip a switch and do a 180. But I think the excitement, the drama, if nothing else, would be highly, highly entertaining, Sam. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Arif. Um, so a couple of things here. One, uh, fans did not embrace Favre until Favre to Lewis against San Francisco. I feel Week like... Week four? Yeah. Um, Week three. It, Week three. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It, it took, I, didn't I, think, to, I didn't need to correct that. No, 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 don't um, apologize. I should know that. You're right. I should know that. That's on but um, I, I, I think that that plays a, a like we should remember that fact because, you know, he doesn't show up to training camp. He shows up right before the season, first two games or whatever. And then the far to Lewis happens. And I think fans begin to embrace him because of that moment. So that moment is really critical. That moment never happens for Rodgers. He's never embraced. They're not they're going to wait until he does something. But there are, I think, additional barriers in the way between Rodgers and the fan base than there are between Favre and the fan base, which is that Rodgers is more accessible. He uh, shows up on podcasts more often. His co uh, press conferences are shared on Twitter, right? And he is more annoying. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. He is just more annoying. Um, he is a little bit, I mean, they're both very arrogant. Don't get me wrong. 
but like he is very presently arrogant in a way that he kind of embraces. He smirks after games. You know, he's drinking like literally purple Gatorade after beating the Vikings and kind of like it's he's a guy that like likes to play up these things. Like he told the Bears, I own you. Favre doesn't do that. Again, Favre, I'm on the record, bad guy. Don't like him. That's not the point I'm making. The point is rather that Aaron Rodgers needles people. He needles fan bases and he enjoys it and that's fine, right? But it makes it more difficult if he comes over to kind of accept that and and maybe if he, you know, trash talks Green Bay on the way in, which seems like he's got that in his holster right now, you know, maybe that would help. But he's kind of a weirdo, right? Like Favre at least wasn't a weirdo. Again, bad guy. I don't like him. But he was not like a weirdo. He was fun. He was like kind of a hick. He did like some stuff that was like, oh, wow, this kind of redneck is saying redneck stuff in the huddle. This mic'd up stuff is pretty fun. Rogers mm-hmm. is a weirdo, man. So I think there's more barriers because he's very obviously arrogant. He's more accessible. He seems to enjoy trashing other fan bases. Um, and, and he would have to do kind of a 180. I guess it wouldn't be that much of a 180. More of like a 90. He'd have to do a 90 and start verbally trash-talking Green Bay on the way. The, the weirdo Rodgers stuff got exposed during his career, whereas bad guy Favre was more post-career. Um, that a 2010 Gen Sturger, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the Gen Sturger stuff, yeah, absolutely. Right. Week one, you're right. You're right. Week one at Cleveland on the road. Didn't really need to do much. One touchdown, only through 21 passes. Week two at Detroit. Had to come back from 10. Right. But again, still not a lot of magic. And then you're right. Sam Fran, Favre to Lewis. And then the next week was the Green Bay Packer week when he went mm-hmm. off as well. Three touchdowns. Yeah, that's oh, he was Two so good there. against the Packers. Bang, both bang. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, that helped. That helped. Braun. Yeah. So I think to a certain point, there are, I think like most fans, the majority of fans, once you're a Viking, you're a Viking, especially if it's a situation where Aaron Rodgers is doing this to spite the Packers, which it would have to be much like Favre was. And I think that won over a lot of Vikings fans where it's like, ha you're cut because you hate him. Yeah, we hate him too. We have that in common. Uh, but there will always be holdouts. I remember you're going to ask uh, Matt Anderson, who does climbing the pocket work now. He and I, Went to high school together, senior year econ class. We had a friend who would who never embraced Favre the whole time. She Awful. never did it. Wow. She's like, he's a traitor. I don't trust him. I don't. I don't like his integrity, and just never did it. So I guess there will always be holdouts. My like, concern uh-huh. in this situation with Rogers would be, what went wrong with the Jets, buddy? <laughs> Why are we buying into this? <laughs> <laughs> I would be particularly concerned, uh, but I think fans would I, it would take one win against the Packers. And I think a lot of fans would embrace him. Like Arif said, if there was any like dig at the Packers, which of course he would, he, he would uh, yeah. not be respectful yeah. in, in that yeah. situation at all. And I think a lot of Vikings fans would appreciate it. I, I think the messier, the divorce with green Bay, the more likely that the Vikings would say, hey, we want to be your rebound. Like, we want to help you recover from this. Um, as Because it got very messy with Favre and the Packers. And oh, it's yeah. getting messy with Rodgers and the Packers. We want to be your rebound. <laughs> Let's bring in our guest of honor. It's Ron Johnson. Sam Inman, Hassan, Ron, and Braun. Ron Johnson's the host of the Ron Johnson Show, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and the Roundtables. On Friday, he's on Twitter, at 3 Ron Johnson. Ron, uh, we were just debating the following. If Aaron Rodgers continues the Favre parallel and spends a year with the Jets 
And then for whatever reason, he pivots to Minnesota. Would fans embrace Aaron Rodgers kind of the way they embraced Brett Favre? Hell no. Hell no. 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 You don't even want that to happen. Uh, one, that's going to prove to all the tinfoil hatters that this world is on a simulation and that the, the creators of the well, world yeah. are bored. And so we're just reliving yeah. the same 2009 simulation. Uh, and so, right. no, no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota. We don't need that. We have enough dark rooms and dark places. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need him to bring the darkness to us. Um, yeah, no, no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. No. Hey, Sam put together an analogy that I thought was really fitting for you coming onto the show, which was because uh, you love these kinds of analogies specifically. And I think that you mm-hmm. can flesh it out, which was that the messier the divorce between Rogers and the Packers, the more the Vikings would want to be and the more the Vikings fan base would want to be the rebound chick. No, that's toxic. That's that's toxic. Yes, that's fans scary. are toxic. It, fans are toxic. Fans are toxic. It was a great rebound with Brett Favre. It was great, but then we asked him to move in with us. And yeah. then it got, and then it got, it got weird. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. yeah. All, all we're figuring out is not whether or not it's a good idea. It's a toxic Hello, relationship, darkness, right? It's not a good my idea. Old friend. But people like, that's, love toxic. We don't we don't you, need you that. know this, Ron. Yeah. People love toxic. Yeah, no, we don't need people are addicted to crazy. Like every time I hear Aaron Rodgers now, I just imagine the Dave Chappelle skit with uh Charlie Murphy and uh and uh what's his name? Uh Rick James James. when he's like darkness, everybody. Like, no, like we don't we don't need Aaron Rodgers. This is one thing I will say. So the Packers relationship with Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. uh, if it does end in a bitter kind of ending, because Brett Favre, I don't feel like was messy. Brett Favre was more messy because of Aaron Rodgers, because Brett Favre could do whatever he wanted. He can come back. He could leave. He can come back. He could leave. And Rodgers like, dude, just go. Like, I'm ready. Um, I don't feel like Jordan Love has that. Like, Jordan Love's like, please don't go. I don't want this. Like, I don't want to be a starter. (laughs) I don't want people to see me actually throw the ball 45 times a game. Like, I don't want that. Please don't go. Uh, Where Rodgers was opposite. Rodgers was like, man, go. I got this. I'm ready for this. And so when you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done for the Packers organization, uh, you look at the comments he's made about, you know, he owns the Bears and how Anthony Barr was dirty with the Vikings. I just don't see that ever being like I don't ever feel like Brett Favre and the Vikings truly have bad blood uh, where it truly feels like Rogers like hates the Bears and the Vikings. Like, I don't think he cares about the Lions, except maybe now because they ended this season uh, and Dan Campbell is a polarizing <laughs> coach. Um, but I, I don't I don't truly believe that he has that like it's not that same like, oh, I can go play anywhere where the Vikings fans are happy to get Brett Favre. I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers, the way this team is slated, um, I don't feel like, and that's maybe just me, I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers is the answer uh, because he doesn't always play on cue. And, and when I say that, I mean, like, I feel like Kevin O'Connell's offense is kind of an on cue offense. Like, you have to get the ball out of your hand at a certain point. You have to do this. And we had Joker Phillips on uh, on the Ron Johnson Show, former um, – Gophers coach, head coach of Kentucky, now receivers coach at North Carolina State. And he talked about guys like Justin Jefferson and what kind of quarterback they need. And I just don't I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And somebody brought up a good point, too. Aaron Rodgers, this is the thing about Aaron Rodgers. Whatever team he goes to, he brings a ton of baggage. And when you think about Minnesota, we don't we already have kicker baggage. 
we don't need additional baggage bought to me. Like Deion Sanders shows up with his own luggage and it's Louie. Aaron Rodgers showed up with his own luggage and it's black garbage bags. Like you don't want that. Like you don't know if you need to put it on the curb. You don't know if you need to open it. You don't know if that belongs in the basement, in the kitchen, because he doesn't label his luggage. Like he just and shows he up. you to put it away. Exactly. And if you think about him missing OTAs, missing training camp, uh, you know, you don't want your guys to feel like, oh, this is operational. This is what we'll do. This is how we need to work. You want a guy in Minnesota like a Kirk Cousins who's a you know a workman mentality, shows up with his briefcase every day. Not to say Aaron Rodgers is not that guy. He's, I don't feel like he's that guy anymore. I feel like when you've made over $300 million, a lot of the, the basic stuff like of life even, like you just – it's not there anymore. You know, and so – I just don't feel like that would be it. But a messy divorce for the Packers, I just think it, it's just fun to watch. Like, I, But I definitely oh, yeah. don't want the Vikings to be that side chick. Like, You don't need to be the other chick. I think it's time to like solidify if you're going to stick with Kirk Cousins for two or three more years and then try to go find, you know, whether it is a Trey Lance, whether it is an Anthony Richardson, find that quarterback of the future. Well, I, I, I really like the, um, the point you made about the $300 million because the – Corollary to that point is that Kirk Cousins has made a very workmanlike $150 million and he shows up to work every day. He's grounded. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. <laughs> Ron, you just mentioned right at the end there, uh, Stroud and Richardson, I think. And I know the draft's still 49 days away or so, but yep. I'm wondering just from what you've seen from these top four quarterbacks in the class, I know it's early, Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson, who obviously just tore up the combine. Where do you have these guys ranked? Or what's something that just really sticks out to you when you look at this group as a whole? And then I guess, too, does any of them entice you enough to warrant the Vikings moving all the way up into the top five where you'd probably have to get to to draft one of these guys? or are you more in the camp just stay put maybe grab a guy like Hendon Hooker instead I feel like Will Levis has two sides to him he's either gonna be like an early Mitchell Trubisky or an early you know kind of like uh or he's just gonna flat out just just be a Will uh, a Brock Purdy sorry so he can either mm -hmm. you know be a, a a Mitchell Trubisky like early like oh man this is the guy and then you're like wait no this is not the guy mm -hmm. or Brock Purdy where it's like he gets into a situation and then you find out, like, he's better than we thought he was. And, again, that's why you just don't know. With C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and, and Anderson, I feel like those are quarterbacks that have to go to a system that works for them. And this is the problem, and I forgot who we had on our show, Sam, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's, it was the days of the quarterback going to an organization and you say, hey, look, this is my offense. You need to run it. I hope that's gone because the more you say, this is my offense, you have to run it, you're missing out on elite talent. Like you're missing out on top guys where a guy like CJ Stroud can come in. He can move in the pocket. He can run if he has to, but he can throw the ball. And I think that's going to be the key for a guy like that, that secondary play in the NFL. We talk about that so much where if you don't have a QB spy, you know, guys like Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, they're hurting you on that secondary play, whether they, you know, scramble for 15 to 20 yards or they scramble, they run around, and they hit a wide-open guy because they've had extra additional time for that guy to run around and Tyreek Hill video game it. That's going to be the key when you're looking at like a Herndon Hooker. Like how how well does he come off that that knee injury? You know how how 
confident can he play on it? And then when do you even get him back? And for a third, you know, round pick, second round pick, and the Vikings don't have a second round pick. I think he's a very solid pick there for a lot of teams that are like, look, we can bring this guy in. Uh, he can sit there and wait, and then he can come in and eventually just play. And I think the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to want to take him in the late round uh, or second day because he is the exact same size as Geno Smith. And if you see what Geno Smith can do in that offense, you literally have your quarterback in waiting where you let Geno play for two or three or four or five more years. Hooker can you know, be a backup behind him. He can learn from him. I just don't feel like the Vikings have the capital the way the Seahawks do uh, to be able to do that. Now, again, Kevin O'Connell, we really don't know Kevin O'Connell. We don't know what he 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 inherited this team from Mike Zimmer and he's just running with it. Um, so we maybe will get a look at it this year as we figure out, like, are they going to keep an extra running back? Are they going to get rid of a running back? Are they going to get rid of a receiver? Like, what is this? You know, are they going to bring in another tight end and go two to three tight ends like the 49ers? We'll see, but we really don't truly know because, again, he inherited this team, turned into a 13-4 and four team, and now we get to kind of see him put his fingerprints on it. Uh, but until then, that's my thoughts on those quarterbacks. I think Bryce Young at 5'10", uh, he's small, and he reminds me, I hate to say it, he it's like a Kyler Murray effect, uh, but not as fast. And so maybe because he didn't rely on his legs like Kyler Murray did, maybe he will have a better chance at it. But both are Heisman winners, both undersized. Um, you know, could you put him in the Drew Brees category of throwing? Maybe. But again, it depends on the team he ends up with. Who's your favorite? Got to pick one. You get your pick of the litter. Top dot right now. Seven weeks till the draft, I know. But right so I'm now, a huge Cam Newton fan. I've always been a fan of Cam Newton's game. So that's why I like Richardson, because I feel like he's young. Uh, you're drafting him not on production. You're drafting him on future talent. Uh, and so that's why I feel like I don't know if he'll go in top 10. Like unless a Again, it only takes one team to fall in love with you. And that's what everybody keeps saying. So maybe one team falls in love with him. But if it doesn't and he drops – it's like the movie Draft Day. One person passes on it that everybody thought was going to take them, mm. you'll keep dropping. Like Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Same thing. When you when you don't go to where everybody thought, and these all these other teams didn't even think they can get you, unless you're Justin Jefferson, like teams aren't going to say, oh, crap, let's go get them. Like it's it's one of those things where they're like, wait, what, what, do, what do they know about Anthony Richardson? We don't know. Why didn't they take him? You know, why did the Colts pass on him? And why did this team take Will Levis over Anthony Richardson? You know what I mean? Like that's going to come up. And then when that happens – he could fall to a team like the Vikings at 23. And I, I just, I do love him because of the Cam Newton effect of like Cam Newton in the RPO offense, in the flat out throwing offense, and then his ability to do Jalen Hurts things and run the ball, run QB sweeps. Like he's an additional running back in the backfield. Um, we saw how Jalen Hurts really hurt a lot of teams, specifically the Vikings. Uh, it's not it's not a bad idea to have a quarterback that's a running back. You don't have to pay for a running back, and you still have a guy that can throw the crap out the ball and sling it. And and that's what you get when you got a guy that can spin that ball. And you got receivers like Justin Jefferson. You're going to probably keep Adam Thielen. You got T.J. Hawkinson, who you probably need to figure out how to keep long term. And then you either whether it's Irv Smith or an additional tight end you bring in. That's where you you can really make hay and say, hey, look. We are going to utilize this guy's size, his speed, his ability. He'll be able to watch and learn and grow under Kirk Cousins for two or three years. And then you can just move on from Kirk Cousins and, and put Anthony Richards in. And he's not thrown into the wolves 
as a rookie, you can wait till he's 23, 24, and the game's kind of caught up to him and he's he's learned it. No, a lot of good points. He's probably the most polarizing prospect now after that combine. Just a huge wild card. And you're right, it only takes one team to fall in love. Could go as high as, you know, six to the Lions even at this point, but you yeah. never know. I mean, I just mocked him at number two. I don't think he'll go there, but I just kind of wanted to play around. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, there's talks about number one overall now because of what Ron said, the potential. You're getting a Cam Newton, Dante Mm -hmm. Culpepper type of athlete. You got to never put Dante Culpepper and Cam Newton in the same sentence. (laughs) Culpepper is not. (laughs) Don't ever do that to my guy, Cam Newton. Uh, I love Culpepper. That's my boy, but he was not Cam Newton. Come on, right? He could throw throw the crap out the ball. Cam Newton was a different yeah. beast. No, he fumbled sure. 81 times we looked up today. Yeah. 81 fumbles Number for 81 Dante. Fumbles. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say these two things about it. Um, one, I think that there's a difference between a an elite athlete and a one-of-one one athlete, and you pay for that marginal difference regardless mm-hmm. of the position because it's it's a sport at the end of the day, and it's good to be athletic. And so being the one of the best athletes in the history of the NFL at the quarterback position is better than being one of the best athletes at the quarterback position, right? I think that that uh, boosts your value in a pretty significant way. Uh, Luke and I were talking about this on Twitter, and um, the analogy I said was, hey, if you see a deep threat in the draft and he's 180 pounds and he runs a 4-3-5, that's great. He's exactly who you thought he was. That's kind of you're pinning him where where you already graded him. If that that guy actually ran a 4-2-7 at 195 pounds, you're moving that guy up your board. Like you already knew you was a deep threat, but that is that is rare talent that that you move it, you pay for margins in the NFL. Yeah. Um. So that's, looking that's for that edge. Thing. Yep. Yeah, I will say, and the one thing about that though too, and I and I and I've talked to a couple of scouts now, um, talked to a couple of coaches, NFL and college. Be very careful with that number. So four three two and four two seven point zero five seconds in track draft. Like it's like man, that dude's moving. In football, the biggest difference is can he play? I just heard Terrell Owens on FaceTime with Deion Sanders. And the one thing Terrell Owens said to Deion Sanders was, I'm faster than people thought. Like, he didn't ever show people how fast he was until he started running track. And people were like, man, this Terrell Owens dude is actually fast. But he didn't play the game fast. He played the game at a speed where he's like, you're not going to figure out whether I'm going deep, whether I'm running the short route, whatever. And I think a lot of teams like Henry Ruggs, um, whether he was going to be on the field or not, I think that was the worst pick ever by the Raiders because you went off speed alone and you had the quarterback. You had this, He was not Tyreek Hill, and I think that's what teams are looking for is how do I get a Tyreek Hill in this draft? They screwed it all up. Like every, If you can go back, you go C.D. Lamb probably or Jerry Judy first, then C.D. Lamb, then Justin Jefferson, and then you probably go Henry Ruggs. But, again, that's, that is what it is. Jalen Rager? No, uh, um, <laughs> so, um, no, my, and my point oh, was if, if it's like the same, if you scout a guy, it's the same guy and he runs the four, three, five versus the four. It's, it's, it was more about after you've scouted a guy kind of, mm-hmm. kind of where he lands as an elite athlete. The second point I wanted to make is all of the young quarterbacks that we're excited about, um, except for two, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. all of the other ones, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Herbert. You know, all of all Lamar Jackson, right? All of these guys that we're excited about as being kind of the next wave of potentially elite quarterbacks that that are in that conversation of being franchise guys. All of them, except for Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, were upside picks. They were not complete passers. Josh Allen was not a complete passer mm-hmm. when he was drafted. And I, I think that that might trick teams into, into overpaying for potential. But I think that that is kind of the direction that a lot of these teams can go in like, hey, 
Do I trust my coaching staff? If I don't, what are they doing? I'm going to fire them. If I do, why wouldn't I grab a guy that I, I would have the opportunity to develop? Because if I, if I develop um, like Tanner McKee correctly, right? If I develop the 6'6", 240-pound guy that can't run, if I develop him correctly, where do I end up? Okay, now if I develop Anthony Richardson correctly, where do I end up? And mm -hmm. that second answer is a lot more appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's about the coach. And again, we know yeah. Kevin O'Connell. He's a he's a quarterback guru, former quarterback. So he definitely knows how to sit down with the quarterback. If and honestly, um, if it's if this was Mike Zimmer, I'm saying go corner because we know Mike Zimmer is going to coach the crap out of corners. He's going to turn you know subpar corners into great corners. He's going to turn terrible corners into good corners because he knows how to coach that position. I mean, watch you, you hear Deion Sanders talk about Zim and how great he is. When you talk about quarterback, that was not his thing. You know, like he was never that guy. He was never going to sit down and create what Belichick can do. Belichick was able to say, look, I'm a defensive coordinator, but I know how to sit down and, and mentally talk to a quarterback and get Tom Brady on my side. That was not Zim. But Kevin O'Connell, yes. And so I totally agree. Like, I think Kevin O'Connell is a guy you can get with a guy like Anthony Richardson, and he can probably make him a Cam Newton in the next four years, you know, sitting behind Kirk, being able to be a true backup. And also, too, because this is one thing Vikings fans always hold their breath. When Kirk takes a big hit, when he gets hit in the helmet, when he, you know, has to move his, you know, his chin straps in his ear and he has to pull it and he's getting up slow. Everybody's like, ah. Oh. But with Anthony Richardson, you would never, you would say, oh, you know what? If Kirk gets hurt, at least we know we got somebody that can come in and probably be sustainable and win some games. Uh, I think that's the other side of it. But at the end of the day, uh, there's other holes that the Vikings have to fill. There's other defensive holes they have to fill, and and who knows? Like, but but I, I'd say if they do end up, if he falls to him and they take him, then you can kind of see what Quasey's trying to do. This is not about winning a Super Bowl in our second year. This is about five years from now. We want to be one of the best teams in the NFL because Aaron Rodgers is going to be done. Uh, Derek Carr is probably going to be on his way out the door. Pat Mahomes will be older. Like you're going to have this new wave of quarterback, and it's going to be who took the best one. Like who who took – like Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. Herbert's going to be the guy. Burrow's going to be the guy. Allen's going to be the guy. But who took this class? Like who – who's the guy? Because there's always one. Brock Purdy is probably going to be a Tom Brady type. Like he's going to probably, if he stays with the 49ers, he's going to be a guy that, you know, years from now we're like, man, that was a great pick by the 49ers and, you know, and how they got him late. But when you're thinking about developing a player, yeah, that's that's the key is who can develop them. What do you see in them? Those meetings they have in that room. I think that's the other big part of this. When you sit down and meet with that guy and Joker Phillips kind of told us what he tells his his guys when they're meeting. You want to flip that scout or that coach over. You want to actually talk to them and say, hey, tell me about your offense. Tell me about, you know, are you a zone or a gap scheme? Tell me, are you a vertical threat, you know, offense? Are you a RPO fast pace? Are you a horizontal? Like, what, what are your thoughts on your offense? So I can tell you how I fit into that. And so I think that's the other key, too. Does that does that rookie command the room? Because when you talked about uh, capital, this is the one analogy I have for that. Football draft picks earlier like lottery picks. Who's not going to spend, you know, 5 to 10 to $15 on a lottery knowing you have a chance to potentially win $20 million or knowing you have a chance to win $2 billion like that dude out of California. They, I mean, it, it's one of those things. And so the NBA draft, like the Pistons right now are slated to get Juan Bayamba. And so Victor is going to possibly go into the Pistons. But that's the same thing as Chet Holmgren. You really just don't know. Like you don't know what you're going to get. You're picking this person, hoping the future's bright. You're hoping you're going to get the next LeBron James or the Michael Jordan, but you really don't know. Uh, 30 seconds here, Ron, because we're, we're running late. Adam Thielen rumored to be out of Minnesota per Adam Schefter. Quickly, your thoughts. 
another tough one. Uh, again, rumored, but Adam Schefter usually has insiders. We know that he has like I think he probably has a, a, a an Alexa or some type of Siri device in every facility or something like something's going on where Adam <laughs> Schefter's like. Like I don't, I mean, I've watched Wakanda, so I don't know if anybody's seen Black Panther, but they have these little beads, the Koyo beads, and they stick them on people, and they can they can listen in on every conversation. I feel like Adam Schefter's been to Wakanda, like he he stuck beads on every GM and coach in the NFL, and he has like a listening device of like thirty two rooms on his tablet. He could just hit a button and let me see what the Vikings are talking about. Oh, what they're not going to sign Adam Thielen, and then he tweets it out. Uh, Adam Thielen rumored to not you know be a Viking because the Vikings can't afford him. How'd you know that, Adam? Like, how'd you really know that? And how much did you pay that source? Like, you know, I know I know there's somebody he's paying to give him that info. But sad because Adam Thielen, like I said, 2014, I think is when he got to the Minnesota Vikings or 13, one of those two. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the early years of, of me doing the fan line. Yeah, because 13, he was on practice squad. Yeah, and then 14, yep. 13, yeah. yep. Yep. So, like, the, you know, being at TCF Bank Stadium, watching him get a pump block, you know, doing Vikings game day live. Or sorry, uh, Vikings fan line, and then Vikings live is what it was called back then. Before we actually had US Bank Stadium, like I, like I said, I've grown up in this career with Adam Thielen, with Eric Kendrick, with Stefan Diggs, uh, with Anthony Barr. So it's 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 one of those things where you're like, man, you know, you see these guys go. But again, it's part of the business. Um, I you know I actually text and talk with him, you know, and and you know I, I can reach out to his wife if I have something going on. And so just that little stuff, you know, the stuff he does to the community, the at uh 1819 stuff he does with unreal from a community standpoint it's tough but at the end of the day kj osborne did prove he's wide receiver too like he proved he deserved that opportunity to be wide receiver too uh he's faster probably at this point in his career than adam thielen is at his age um and so it, it, you know and, and again for the vikings they're like look we got to get your number down to this amount and if you're not willing to do it because you feel like another team's going to do it and if we cut you we still got to pay you this so i mean adam has the ball in his court so my guess is he's like look like no, I'm not playing this game with you guys. Like I and 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 of course his agent. Nobody ever makes a move unless they know. Like dudes or women don't break up. And speaking of sliding in people's DMs and side chicks and all that, people don't break up without like a potential thought of like who else they could be with. And so there is that inkling of like, well, I know this team would take me right That's now. A I wild know. Take. I, I, know, I am nowhere near that take, man. I know the Jets know. <laughs> like, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. The Jets just cut uh, the one dude, the other number 10, the other white receiver, so they need another white receiver. So we're going to go get Adam Thielen. Like, because the Jets got to get a <laughs> receiver. Fill the quota. Like, we, we know that. The Jets got to get another receiver. And so we were talking about, you know, is it DeAndre Hopkins? Is it this person? Like, maybe they go get Aaron Rodgers and Adam Thielen uh, because we know they secretly have been talking to each other before playing golf. So who knows? Like, you don't ever make a move though without having a backup. Like people don't just become free agents. Like you can get cut and have nothing, but you don't just walk away from a potential contract dispute without having some type of like, well, I know these four teams. Uh, just like you know, the day the Ravens say they don't want, you know, they're gonna franchise five teams. Oh, we're out. We don't want them. Like, come on now. There's no way you don't know that if that hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. More from Ron Johnson on this, I assume, tomorrow on the round table. There's also tweeting about a possible Dalvin Cook trade offer. That might be on the table tomorrow for the round table as well. Uh, Ron Johnson, at 3 Ron Johnson on Twitter, host of the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks, Ron. Excellent Appreciate stuff it. as always. Thank you. In closing, XFL parlays. No winners last week. No harm, no foul. Uh, let's try again this week. The first selector is Luke Braun. What do you got? 
I have to pull up the odds because I forgot we were doing this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Same here. Crazy. <laughs> yep. There it is. I'm definitely uh, not doing the same right, exact I'll... thing, guys. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. Um, FanDuel. Look All at right. these over-unders. We got two over-unders above 40. Get the out. XFL starting to score. Yeah. Uh Roughnecks minus nine against the Guardians. Uh, I, my two principles have become bet on the Roughnecks or bet against the Guardians. So I'll take that. Uh, and I will parlay it with Renegades Battlehawks over 36 and a half. Um, I think the Battlehawks have sneaky one of the better offenses in the XFL. That's a that's a really interesting uh, over. They've got under the only me. NFL quarterback. Yeah, that's like the main reason. <laughs> <laughs> if you combine those two, you get plus two sixty four. Right, so you you took uh, roughnecks and battlehawks, or you took the roughnecks and then I took in over that and the battlehawks battle renegades over. Okay, Correct. okay. The last thing. Yeah, so I'm gonna take. I just think that a nine point spread in the XFL is insane. So I'm actually gonna bet against my Roughnecks. I'm gonna take the other side of that. Guardians plus nine. That would be a wild and, outcome because the 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 Guardians have been genuinely hilarious. Rife with the scandal. Guardians losing by and eight the Roughnecks is, look. Yeah, yeah. I and, just th- I, and to, I don't, to be I don't fair, like that number. The Guardians week three. The Guardians week three. It seems like they are. They have. They've. Uh, plugged the leak the the rats gone uh so and then they only lost by one so maybe they're a little bit better than we thought from the first two weeks but the roughnecks have been making short work of everyone yeah and you know i i had a good run with the roughnecks and and phillips but I'm switching my loyalties to the Guardians, and I'm also going to take the other underdog, the Renegades, because the Battlehawks have been winning at an unsustainable pace with three-point conversions and fourth-and-fifteen conversions, and uh, I'm I'm not a believer. They, so they Renegades, Guardians, underdog parlay. All right, Luke Inman. All right, give me uh, the Defenders are still out there? They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, give me the Defenders by six, and then Dang. give me... That's a good oh, sorry, did you want that one? Yeah, I wanted that one. Sell it to you. How much? Oh, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then give me, let's see. Give me the uh give me the under on that Guardians rough next game. Lock it in. Two sixty plus two sixty four, I'm assuming. Love it. <laughs> yep. Easy. It's all minus one ten bets. Eerily. Oh, okay. That's why. All right. Well, uh no one took the Battlehawks, which is uh strange to me. Um, so I'm doing that. That feels correct. So Battlehawks minus four. Uh, and then uh, has has Ben Denucci been benched yet? Do you know Luke? Is he still playing? I think they're still rotating. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's still gonna. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, the Sea Dragons minus four and a half. I got to keep up the bit. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, the Denucci. The Sea Dragons. Any other? <laughs> yeah. Just the one. Right. That's yeah. It's not a package deal of bits at all. No, you can't. It, the can't Sea Dragons are like, they're so frustrating. Like, it's like watching a 2021 Vikings game every, like, all the time with them. It's so bad. They do Sam. so many bozo things. They get a lead, then they blow it. it it's, yeah. It's the all Kevin right. Clark tweet. The, the Sea Dragons have never played a normal game. <laughs> yeah. But their opponents do, and then they just lose. Are the uh, odds 264? 
Yeah, 264. Okay. Very good. Uh, all right. So we reacted to the Thielen news. We talked about Kirk Cousins' legacy, some some big meaty issues on today's football party. We'll be back on Monday to talk about, I'm sure, more big Vikings news. Uh, for Arif, for Luke, for Luke, I'm Sam Ekstrom. Big thanks to Ron Johnson as well. Comment down below. Where does Kirk Cousins rank in all-time Vikings quarterbacks? In popularity, overall stats, what do you think? Let us know on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Uh, we'll talk to you after the weekend on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.